Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Wrestling Federation podcast brother and sisters. Sean is stoned as fuck right now. Yep. And so that's going to be a real roller coaster ride, much like this One Tree Hill episode was. Episode 35, season two, episode 13. The Chris Hero dies in this one. Or just the hero dies in this one. Or just the hero dies in this one. When I saw the episode title for this episode, I got really scared. <laughs> I got really scared, dude. You know you're missing some things right now? What? Missing what? Introducing the podcast. Oh. So I got terrified. Because if you're talking about a hero in One Tree Hill, it's probably somebody I'm going to like. So mm-hmm. I like... Haley and Nathan, I think they're a great couple, but they're just going through some couple stuff right now. They're both very young and they're in high school mm-hmm. and they can't die. That's not cool, man. Okay. <laughs> so I automatically thought that. What if it was Jules? That would crush me. But again, I'm a little perturbed with her as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You also love Dan. I don't love Dan as a person, I guess. I just, he's the most interesting storyline out of them all, I think. Mm. Just the way he is, he's just the most fascinating, I guess. Interesting. Yes. So I had to go on a two-minute tangent about the the title of how it almost fucking scared me half to death. But I am Sean Harris. And I am Aaron Kosker. <laughs> and we are Tree Hill Wrestling Federation high. Podcast, brother. He's too high to do like my extra intro. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Sucker. We don't need it every time. Exactly. Yeah. But we are the only, and I want to stress that, only podcast in the entire universe that... The entire galaxy. That that combines mixes i don't know other words that are like that just keep failing me babe yeah i'm not gonna give you that satisfaction no can i get the satisfaction once no have you ever said it on this podcast of yes, you said I have. it you said it on this podcast but um not recently can you please say it again for me no i'm asking you as one loving person to the other <laughs> not right now okay but i'm gonna play my you have to do it card okay i'm gonna play a card and it's gonna say you have to do this in the podcast and i won't tell you when i'm gonna play that card but i will play that card and at that time i will play that card and you will have to say the wonderful world of amalgamation <laughs> between one tree hill and world wrestling fetter fettertainment 
Fettertainment? Federation and Entertainment. So it'll be World Wrestling Fettertainment. <laughs> okay. Sure. Babe. Yes. At treehillwf.podcast. Yeah. Instagram. Mm-hmm. And TikTok. TikTok. Facebook. You can listen to us on what? Spotify. What? Apple Podcasts. What? what? Google Podcasts. iHeartRadio. What? Get out of here. <laughs> Stoke- I have my drumstick. Mm, yeah, you do. See, we're going to need video one day of this because this is pretty hilarious. <laughs> that you just threaten me with drumsticks because I bring up, you know, Nation of Domination. You have domination. like a million of these around the house, so. True. Very true. You can catch us on all of that. Like, subscribe, comment, and thank you for loving the podcast. We appreciate every single one of you. Johnner's Podcast Network, thank you very much as well. And babe, okay, okay, let's get all the fucking introductions aside. Let's just get right into the episode. See, as the beginning of the episode, I was so fucking excited to talk about this episode. I wanted to skip the intros and be like, let's just get into it because it's so amazing. <laughs> and you have asked me 22 times what my rating is for this episode and i did not write it down and i have not i know i'm kind of pissed at that because normally when i'm copying see i'm like one of those terrible kids in school that forgot to you know do her homework or copy notes because she skipped class and i'm like babe can i copy your notes I take notes for wrestling on my phone, but I don't take the notes for One Tree Hill because I'm just so like absorbed in trying to catch new things. Yeah, yeah, totally. That I haven't like noticed before, so I'm always copying his notes, and I always get to see the ratings beforehand. And this time, he did not write it down. I didn't write it down. I purposely, I fucking no soldier. I fucking. That's rude. I put it there. I did not put it there. And then I put it there, but then I erased it. How would you erase it? It's pen. Could have got a pencil, written it down, and then erased it. We don't have pencils in our house. Yeah, we do. Where? We have pencils. Where? Somewhere. Guaranteed. Somewhere. Find one for me, bro. I will. You'll wake up next morning, and there'll be a pencil on the breakfast table. I'll do it. Mechanical pencils count as well, too. Pencils, dude. But I just wanted to talk about this episode because I'm so giddy and so excited to talk about this episode. And I just lead it off, dude. Let's fucking dive right into this. Please, (laughs) please. I'm stoked. So Brooke is getting Felix to take pictures of her for campaign posters. One notable picture. Mm. She's sitting there holding a Latin book Mm. upside down. And he kind of laughs at her and makes fun of her for it. And she's like, I wouldn't be able to read it if it was right side up anyways. I'm figuring, especially here from now, is that um, the other people who are running for uh, school class president or whatever, um, they're probably pretty smart girls. Like, they probably, like, have to know their stuff a little bit. And Brooke's just kind of ditzy and not very bright. She's not the brightest penny in the fountain, if you know what I mean. Do you think um, she would end up winning? It could be. I could see that written into her arc, that she she seems like a leader. And so they want to push her into, like, these uh, positions of leadership, integrity, Mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff. So, obviously, I understand exactly what you're saying. With Brooke going forward, you keep saying that my opinion is going to change on her. She's going to win me over. And it feels like this is kind of the start of all this. 
right? I've been waiting for you to realize that this whole fucking time. Mm, damn. I've been waiting you for you to start seeing a different side of Brooke. Yeah. From season one. Season one and Halfway two. through season two. Yeah. They like, just, yeah. obviously people in their lives, they're going to make mistakes throughout their entire lives. It's not like you clean up your act 100% permanently for the rest of your life all of a sudden. Like, there's still going to be mistakes. But, Brooke, honestly, any group page like one tree hill group page anything like that if people ask who had the best character development it's her it's brooke with nathan pretty close behind (sighs) oh nathan's cool i love him he's great yeah but yeah so they're making these posters dan oh dude 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 please please oh my god tell me what dan is doing in this episode please Dan asks Luke to move in with him. Like, Lucas doesn't live with Karen anymore? Like, lives, lives with Dan? Lives, lives. And Deb? And Deb. What? How weird would that be? Oh, man. <laughs> You're like I'm stunned. Speechless. Like that is not something I predicted that could happen. And literally it came up like 2 minutes and 13 seconds in or 2 minutes and 30 seconds in. 2 minutes and 37 seconds in. So I made a note of this that fucking we're not even 3 minutes into the episode. 2 minutes 37 second mark. We already have this banger of Dan asking Lucas to move in with him. Mhm. Yeah. And you like literally, you were high when we were watching the episode. So it makes sense that you're high right now when we're recording. And you paused this episode. It took us almost two hours to get through this to episode. To watch a 47 minute episode. <laughs> because you were pausing every like three minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's like a scene by scene breakdown. Like that's how good this shit is. Yeah. And normally you just like go through it. Like unless I tell you like you're trying to get your notes down, but something important's coming up. So pause or just like stop writing your note. Come back to it. So I just pause it because I don't want to lose my thought. And you're high. And it's a good thought. Or at least I think it's a good thought when I'm high. And then. (laughs) At least you think it's a good thought. At least I think it's a good thought. But at the same time that Dan is asking Luke to move in with him, Luke mentions this wedding wedding. that Jules and Keith are going to have. The wedding. And Dan's like, oh, really? Shit just got interesting. (laughs) Oh, Nathan. Poor Nathan. So Taylor is home at... Haley and Nathan's she's got candles lit everywhere she's going out for a run or some bullshit whatever and she doesn't clean up her shit and Nathan's just like okay starts to close the computer or the laptop and sees emails from Chris Keller and a ton of them too 
I miss you. I love you. Whatever. I, I want to kiss you again. Like I legit took a picture and we're going to post that shit. Believe me, we're posting that shit. Yeah. What does it say? Cause you took a picture, pull out that picture. We can tell people exactly what it says right now on the podcast. I'm finding it right now, bro. Word for word verbatim. That's what we need here on THWF. Okay. So come sing with me. Your audience awaits. You are too talented. Be with me. I'm glad you are thinking about me. Ooh. The worst bus ride ever. Oh. I want to kiss you. Again. I had a dream about you. Oh, dude. Got a great gig. You should be here. Oh, no. Don't waste your talent. Oh. Thinking of you. Miss you. Wow. <gasps> Boom. Damn. Fucking and, Chris and, Keller. And Nate sees all of this shit. And he's like, you could tell he's fuming. <clears throat> so the next scene, there it's at school. Peyton's walking up. She's got Jake with her. And Lucas and Brooke are talking and they see them and they're like, oh my God. And Brooke's trying to convince, you know, Jake to vote for her. Yes. And Peyton is talking with Luke. And at this time, Nathan walks up. He's like, have you guys seen Haley? Yeah. And he's like quick to walk off. Like he is not want to like chum around at this moment. Mm. Like not yeah. into it. Not at all. <sighs> uh, yeah. He saw hell in Keller. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We've already been there. Hell in Keller. But uh, no, I'm just saying is that uh, what is the font? Uh, on these oh, emails. Comic Sans. Comic Sans. Is it actually Comic Sans? It or? looks like it. It kind of looks like it. It's probably not, but it probably something No, it weird. looks almost exactly Could like it. Could be some weird, you know, different font, but uh, we'll actually find out if that's Comic Sans or not. It legit is, bro. 100%? I'm almost 100% certain. Almost 100%. Okay. Like, legit, when we post that picture, people can chime in and be like, yeah, that's fucking Comic Sans. Okay. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Okay, we good? Yeah, dude. <laughs> so Peyton's back and she's at her locker and Haley walks up to her and she's like, oh my God, I missed you. And Peyton's like, mm, I heard a little something, something about a certain someone kissing someone. And she's like, oh shit. She kind of like digs it at her and is like, you're like, what is up? And Haley's like, it meant nothing. And Peyton's like, a kiss always means something. Ooh. Oh my goodness. So Jake is back and he's going to Whitey because he wants Whitey to talk to Principal Turner to get him back in school. Yeah. He swears he's back for good. And he's staying and he's not worried about crazy ass Nikki. No, he's not going to hide anymore. <laughs> it's good old fucking double J. Yeah. Yeah. J-E. J-A. <laughs> J-K. So did you notice that Whitey also <laughs> leads the class for like the whole like student body president thing? Like he's the one that leads like the presidential campaign. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Introduces everybody or whatever. Yeah. It's kind yeah. of funny that yeah. White, Whitey's the one that runs that ship. But OK. Um, and so they have to fill out this paperwork and Brooks there. And the girl sitting in front of her has been the president since seventh grade. And her name 
is Erica Marsh. She is the incumbent candidate. She has been candidate. Candidate. Wow. Candidate. Candidate. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Probably better than candidate. <laughs> uh, yeah, Erica Marsh. Erica Marsh. Since seventh grade, and now we're in what eleventh grade? Something like that. Yeah. So like four years running, five years running now. Yeah. Long yeah. time. Yep. For sure. And she's kind of being a bit of a bitch. Like she's trying to convince Brooke to run for like treasurer or something. And Brooke's like, she just proves how smart she is and how book smarts she is and how she's just going to crush her basically. Yeah. And you know, Brooke's not having any of it. Brooke has no idea what's going on. She's calling her like Vivica and shit like that. Yeah. She calls her Vivica and she's like a little fucking goldfish and like a fucking pool of sharks, dude. Yeah. Legit. Yeah. Like she ain't ready for this. She she is going to get the smoke and I don't know if she can retaliate, but you never know. She's proved us wrong before. She has. Yeah. Luke goes home and he's got a letter to show his mom that says he does not have HCM. No HCM. And Karen Lucas. is so thrilled and she's so happy. And he's like, but by the way, I'm moving in with Dan. Oh, dude. I, this took my heart right away. I mean, Karen has been nothing but Fantastic, an amazing, amazing, amazing mother to Lucas. Other than that slap that you keep. <sighs> Other than that. But yeah, no, honestly, yeah. He could pin it. Oh, I don't want to live with you anymore. You beat me, mom. Oh. I'm sure Dan would have done worse. Dan's never done anything to him like that. Yet. <laughs> Yet. Yet. But yeah, he doesn't have HCM and he is joining the Ministry of Darkness. I don't know what the fuck that means. You will, though. When? A while from now. The Ministry of Darkness. You're so stoned. Who is broody and dark and mysterious? Undertaker. Mm. Mm, Ministry of Darkness. Interesting. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Dan kind of psychs out Keith. Keith is going to work and he's a little bit late because he wanted to go and visit Jules for a little bit before heading in. And Dan starts like getting all pissed off and like, where were you? You're late. And he's like, your office now. And then they go into Keith's office and there's an engagement party happening. He's like, how'd you know? Wow. You know, word travels fast. They f- he fucking worked them so fast, too. Like, he had them all revved up and ready to go. And he's like, oh, shit, it's going down. And then it's a fucking party. Yeah, it's a party. Yeah. So he's keeping the charade going. Yeah. Wow. And he says to Keith, I'm paying for the wedding. <gasps> he's going to pay for the no nuptials? No expense spared. Oh, my God. But then... Karen waltzes into the dealership and she's fuming. You could literally see a trail of smoke behind her. She's at the party and that's how she finds out. Well, that's the thing. So Dan kind of stepped out of the Keith's office for a sec, sees Karen and then kind of like low key invites her in, even though like she just wants to yell at him. And then she's like, what's going on? Sees Keith and he's like, oh, we're celebrating Keith's engagement. And Keith's like, oh, shit. And Karen's like, oh, 
fuck are you serious now what the yo fuck? dude and yeah now i've this is just like already we're only 11 minutes and 30 seconds into this episode and it's like machine gun blast like it's just one scene after another it's crazy shit going on the whole time fucking rapid fire mm-hmm. we're not even halfway through this episode yet and it's blown me away already yeah. she did not know about the engagement and she finds out at the party and then keith goes on to explain to her like later on at the cafe you know, just after everything with you and the proposal and I was in a bit of a dark place and then I met Jules and now I'm happy and this is what I want. And Karen's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. She's not super stoked. No, no. Not she at all. barely knows Jules. Yep. But you know what? She is with Andy yeah. and Andy seems like a pretty decent guy. Now you're warming up to Andy. Warming up to Andy. I could totally, yeah. At first, I always fight newer characters. You got to prove it to me first, right? You got to be like, okay, you're a good character. You're allowed in now. But the other ones, Felix and Anna. The Felix and Anna hate train rolls on, babe. Mm, That's understandable. I did like that we didn't get Anna in this episode. The entire episode. That's probably why it made it so good. Like another reason why it made it so good was that she was not a part of it. Uh, Peyton and Brooke are talking and uh, you had some specific notes about Peyton's shirt, but whatever. Peyton was wearing a Scorpions shirt that said, or it was just a Scorpion shirt. Didn't have any lyrics or anything on it, but uh, she does rock me like a hurricane. Wow. Okay. Here I am. So Brooke and Peyton are walking down the hallway and they're realizing, oh, Erica Marsh is talking on the intercom and on the screen. And she's talking about how Brooke skipped fourth period. 316 times. 316 times. And, um, they're kind of looking around and see the posters were also plastered with, do you want a president with only a 3.4 GPA and shit like that? I didn't even think it was 3.4, was it? I don't remember. Oh, um, I think it was lower than that. 3.4 is actually not that bad. Yeah. And she's really going into this whole smear campaign, which Dude. is icky to me. You like, don't like smear campaigns? No, no, that's bullshit. Oh man, Ske- I think it's smear so campaigns. bad. I think it makes an- the person that's doing the campaign look worse. Yeah, I think people should. F- I don't want to get into politics. I hate getting into I politics. Hate politics. I fucking hate politics so much. And I don't want to get like, into it. Ooh, who do you like better? And whenever there's a like friggin' election, and I'm like, yeah. I honestly don't fucking care at this point. Whoever doesn't sound like a fucking idiot at the end of the day <laughs> i don't know i'm just whatever i'll vote for whoever smear campaigns i piss me off smear campaigns i feel are just kind of it's the low road right yeah but it's super there's low. so many and not every campaign is like this but uh they do have some smear ads for so many of them and one of the most i tend to like those candidates less yes oh for sure focus on your own uh political um you know what you're doing with your party and stuff and how you're running your how you're uh, running for it and maybe doing like a light jab 
but not like a whole oh, a thing whole, like, and make it super aggressive and intense. Oh, that's like, so bad. <laughs> okay. Mad TV. Well, I love light jabs because light jabs you know. are great, but the smear campaigns have got to put it forward. Like every granny in America has to notice this stuff. It's right in your face. It's just like this. Okay. Will Sasso was on Man TV, and they you're did. obsessed with this dude. Dude, Will Sasso's the greatest man. He's pretty fucking funny. He's one of my all time favorite comedians, if not my favorite comedian of all time. And uh, they did smear campaigns, kind of thing between Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. And so they asked Hillary, or not Hillary, they asked um, Barack Obama's kindergarten teacher. <laughs> His kindergarten teacher says, "Hey, why didn't Barack Obama fight in this war?" And she's like, oh, he was two years old when this war happened. And the whole idea of the smear campaign was that Barack Obama wouldn't serve his country. And I guess Vietnam, because he was only like two years old. But that's point. He wouldn't serve his country. He's not an American. I sounded like Bret Hart there. He's he's an American. We're not at that point in the podcast yet, bro. (laughs) Anyways. Andy throws some shade at Karen. He comes in her house or whatever. I forget if it was her house or the cafe. Yeah. And she, he's like, it's quite icy in here. <laughs> like, cool. Yep. And she's like, okay, you can like fuck off if you're going to be an ass. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going through a hard time right now. My son is leaving me. Fuck Left you. me. Yeah. Gone. Well, not quite. He's still got to pack up his shit, dude. <sighs> At trick. We're having... Did you just rip a fart, dude? It's a soccer ball at my feet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Anyways. Trick. There's a show playing. And uh, Haley denies to Taylor and to Nathan that she's kissed Chris. Yeah. Haley. Continues to deny it. Yeah, Haley. This isn't like Haley. I, I expect better from her, you know? Yeah. I expect better from Haley. Yeah. I love Haley, but like, this is kind of a rough point for her. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they've had her character like this entrenched in this before all this negativity and yeah it's i feel like she's a very positive character for the show yeah but she's going through some really negative shit right now she is yeah dan is fucking creeping on taylor taylor opens the door because i guess they're still at the apartment they're getting ready to go to trick and Taylor opens the door and Dan's like, mm, upgrade. Mm. And she's like, mm, out of your league. And then he's like, wanna bet? Oh my God. <laughs> so fucking creepy. Totally. He's tossing shit to Nathan, like a box of Nathan shit to him, saying like, moving your shit out, Nathan, uh, Lucas is moving in. Yeah. And Nathan's like, excuse me, what? And Haley's like, excuse me, what? Yeah. Yeah, dude. (laughs) No. (laughs) My goodness, dude. It's just, like I said, it's rapid fire. It just keeps going. Like, it's insane in this episode. Right. Lucas is helping Brooke with her speech. 
her whole, you know, choose me for president thing. Her campaign speech. Yeah. Yeah. And they have a little weak but sweet moment together where they're kind of like looking at each other and he's saying like, you know, you have the words. It's in your heart. And she's like, oh, my God. And then Felix walks in because he's got a box of buttons. Yeah. Great. <laughs> you know. Yeah. We Felix, both, again, Felix just ruins everything. He does. He really does. And I think he could see the like sparks a little. Oh, for sure. You have to be pretty blind to not see that right. in that very moment. There's definitely a connection between the two. Yeah. Yeah. I fe- I always felt like his connection was more with Peyton, but the uh, proof positive here, it seems to be growing for some reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got, for this show what trick, we've got Michelle Branch and Jessica Harp. Who? Jessica Harp. Who? The Wreckers. The Wreckers? You're not getting me to say heart, you motherfucker. (laughs) Jessica Hart of the Hart Foundation is here with Michelle Branch from The Wreckers. And... Haley is talking to Peyton and she's like, oh my God, like I'm totally fangirling. Like, can I meet them? And she's like, yeah, oh my God, oh, come on. And so they go to the back and she's introducing them and then she's, they're like, oh, Haley, we've heard so much about your, you. And she's like, that's not possible. She's like, no, our opening act like raves about you. And she's like, what? And then fucking Who's Chris the fucking Keller. Opening fucking Chris Keller walks around and he's like, I said she's okay. Yeah. And Fuck he's off. here and he's going to play his hit song. And what is this song called? Oh, God. I don't even know. He's got, and like the dude that plays him, uh, Tyler Hilton. Or Does whatever, he actually sing? He's an actual singer and oh, okay. he has like an album. And oh, shit. really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I think we're going to have to find that album and listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Spotify. We're going to have to do it then. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It only makes sense, dude. <laughs> but he comes out, and of course, you know, the Boo Birds are out here. Oh, yeah. For him. Nobody is stoked to see him. And you're, then he, you're still not ready, but yeah. I'm going to play anyways. Yeah. Fuck. And Nathan looks like he wants to murder once he sees him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Like, this is just like, and not only is like this whole thing going on between Chris and, uh, yeah, Chris and Haley, it's just like shoved into Nathan's face so much. Especially in this moment. Yeah. And like, it's not expected. Like, they knew it was going to be the wreckers, um, like Michelle Branch and Jessica Harp. But they had no clue that Chris was going to be there. No. But how long did they think he was going to be gone for? He was only gone a few weeks, maybe? You noted three weeks. Yeah, three weeks, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So he became this amazing success in like three weeks. He's like super popular now. Well, he had this thing, like that thing in New York, right? Yeah. So if he had done that and then immediately that information was passed on, like if they were looking for an opening act, Mm -hmm. you know, he probably would have got, I don't know. You worked in the music business for a while, bro. Yeah. What about it? (laughs) What about the music business? Like, how do bands find, like, their opening act? 
Um, okay. Oh, actual question about how yeah. bands. Uh, it can be different for a bunch of different bands. Some bands like to decide who they open with. Others like, I don't know, the companies or the, the managers like to, you know, promote their bands to bigger bands and take them on tour. And then if they like their stuff, they'll take them on tour. Uh, yeah, bands do it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, and some are just chosen because, you know, two guys in the both separate bands are friends and want to tour together. So they tour together. And that's what they do, right? And they book it all. And it's a lot that goes into a tour, especially like a North American tour with a lot of different stops and cities. Uh, people don't realize how much actually goes into running a full tour. And I've only been on small scale tours in the grand scheme of things, as opposed to like really big, like Metallica style shit. You know, I've <laughs> never been a part of anything like that. Mm-hmm. I've seen it, but not actually done it myself. But like with this, you could kind of see how. Chris could possibly be signed up as an opening act for Michelle Branch and Jessica Hart. Oh, sure. Just by like he had this whole thing in New York and yep. maybe they saw him and were like, yo, we want him on our tour. And yeah. then they're one of the first stops yeah. at Tree Hill. Sure. Yeah. Definitely gets you a little bit of popularity. It's It can be as simple as that. It could be more complicated than that. Yeah. But it seems like they're just doing like this low key thing and maybe not a massive whatever that he got to just jump on the wagon with basically yeah so yeah he plays the song nathan wants to kill (laughs) uh the wreckers they get up on stage vote for brooke (laughs) yeah how much money are you paying me to say that (laughs) (laughs) that was pretty funny and they're playing a song called the good kind the good kind yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. The Good Kind by the Wreckers. And at this time that they're playing, like Haley's so into the music and Nathan can see that. Nathan also goes backstage and confronts Chris. And uh, the band he wanted to see tonight was Cannibal Corpse because he wanted to hear the song Time to Kill is Now. Oh, my God. Yeah. And is that not true, right, (laughs) in this instance? He really definitely wanted to beat the shit out of Chris. Maybe Slayer's Payback or Cattle Decapitation's Forced Gender Reassignment. Oh, my God. Get out of here. Karen is jealous of Jules. Jules and Keith are there and she's like just watching them. And Andy's watching Karen watch Jules. There's a lot of watching going on. Lots of watching happening. Are you watching me? Are you watching me watch you? Is this person watching? Is this remember what you just said? Yeah. Watch me watch you. Yeah. Watch Barry, me, watch like you. literally note that down. Watch me, watch you. Yes. Okay. Note that down somewhere. I'll do it right now, bro. Because we're gonna have to go back to that eventually. Okay. okay. In the not series. In, not in this episode though. No, not. Watch me what? Watch me, watch you. Watch me, watch you. Yep. Okay. Okay. Done. Got your note. Got it, bro. Keep that in your memory banks. Okay. Okay. Watch me watch you. Yes. Is that the uh, dying fetus song? No. No. 
just something important for later on in the show. Okay, watch me watch It's you. just really convenient that you said, like, you were talking about watching me, watching you, and all this shit. And Well, they're all watching each other, so... Yeah. You know, I'm watching you. Are you watching me? Yes. Are you watching me watch you? <laughs> the other person who's looking at this oh conversation. Are you... I'm watching you guys. Are you watching us watching me, watching you, watching me, watching you? Yes. You were so stoned. Anyways. <laughs> uh, Nathan finally gives Haley an ultimatum. How could he fucking do this, dude? Well, I mean, she's really talking about just everything. Like, she's told that. She can join the tour. And this is a really big shot for her with her music. But the thing is, is Chris is involved. Yeah. And Nathan uh, most obviously does not approve of Chris. So he doesn't really approve of going on tour. Yeah. Yeah. Huge shot for her. But yeah, if he's getting a bit of success from this tour that he's jumped on and now she can be a part of it, Mm -hmm. that's that's pretty big. That's huge. Yeah, absolutely. And he's played, like he said that he played the duet for Michelle Branch. And she was like, yeah, I totally want her on the tour. So they've also extended that invite just for him to like give that invite to her. And I could totally see this happen on a tour. Like somebody, uh, you Jumps know, on. one singer, guitar player, whatever. And he's say, hey, I got a couple songs. I'm going to do some duets. Mm-hmm. Hey, this person's with me. She's going to do some duets with me. Totally could happen. Yeah. Like it's very possible. Mm-hmm. Like actually quite a realistic thing here because that does happen sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Lucas moves out and Karen is heartbroken. He leaves her again. But the last time he left with Keith, this time he's moving in with the devil himself. And this is like, she was sad when he left with Keith. But the thing is, she trusted Keith. She does not trust Dan. No. Absolutely not. Like, there has to be some other reason that he's doing this. Yep. Okay. Jake is staying at Peyton's, but here's the thing. Double J? Yeah. The thing is, before Jake left, yeah. his parents, he lived with his parents yep. in Tree Hill. Yeah. And okay? they both worked all the time. So now he's back and he's staying at Peyton's, but his parents still live in Tree Hill. So why are you staying with Peyton? Yeah. If your parents live in Tree Hill, bro. Yeah, why aren't you staying with your parents like you were before? Very possible. You yeah. can see it. I, Definitely. Who do you think wants that more, though? I think Peyton wants that more than Jake does. I'm not saying Jake doesn't want it, but I feel like Peyton wants that more. Well, you could see, like, when she was talking to Lucas earlier on in the episode, and she was saying to Lucas, like, you're a really good friend for calling him. Like... There's definitely something. Sure, there's something there. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I feel she's more. Well, and also Haley had asked her for all the juicy details when she got back. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just interesting. Interesting thing to note. Like she would be such a terrible stepmom. Oh, get out of here! 
Brooke is practicing her speech and Mouth comes in and he admits that he broke her window on her car. And she's like, Mouth, I don't think we can be friends anymore. And he tells her, like, I'm sick of being the little brother. Like, you know, I want to be seen as a guy that you could date. Yeah. Kind of thing. And she's just like, no, I can't really be friends with you anymore. Mm -hmm. He leaves and she starts to, like, kind of say something. And then she turns it into part of her speech. Yeah. Which was really cool. Interesting how she integrated that. Because she's, like, just talking about how people you don't know people you can never truly know a person you can never truly see what they're like deep down because people hide that shit yeah totally so i like to make fun of the montages here on tree hill wrestling federation podcast uh wrestling has the replays or earlier in the night and they show highlights of what happened before but this gives us a montage of all this shit that is happening and usually the montage yeah they don't really go anywhere sometimes there's good montages but i usually get annoyed with them but i am not annoyed with this ultimate montage of tree hill history right here this is the goat montage so far uh, i am absolutely blown away by this entire episode but especially this last ending montage So Nathan comes home and Taylor's leaving. So Taylor earlier in the episode said she found a place to stay. She's leaving. She's leaving because Nathan told her, you have to leave. Um, So she's got her suitcase packed. He comes home and he's looking for Haley. He had gone for a walk after the whole ultimatum thing to kind of clear his head. And he saw something. He went for a walk and saw the bench where he gave her the bracelet from the Cracker Jack box. And he, like, it sparked that memory, and he booked it home. And he gets home, Taylor's leaving, and he's looking for Haley, and she's, like, she's gone. And he sees the bracelet sitting Sitting on the table table. in the hallway. (sighs) And he's, like... Oh my God, she's gone. Like, that's the thing. He told her in the ultimatum, like, if you leave for this tour, we're done. Yeah. So. <laughs> How long have they been married for? <laughs> Not oh very long. God. A few episodes. Sure. <laughs> oh, it's been. Wow. It's been a minute. Unreal. So, just kidding. Lucas has HCM. Yeah, he uh, lied to, completely lied to his mother and gave her Keith's negative HCM test. Yeah. But he tested positive and just like a 50-50 chance, one out of two, the one was Nathan who did not get HCM, but the two was Lucas who did get it because he puts down a pamphlet on his bed. That says living Living. with HCM. Remember when I got diagnosed with MS and then I got the pamphlets like mailed to me living with MS. MS. (laughs) Totally. Just like this. Yeah. Just like that. And he had medication too. And it's revealed that Dan is paying for the medication because he doesn't want Karen to know. And so he's got to keep putting the bill and Dan's like, oh, when did you get so sneaky? Yeah. He's like, guess I got it from you. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like father, like son, the Ugh. shit apple doesn't fall far from the shit tree. Mm-hmm. Assholes in Tree Hill. 
Mm-hmm. Unbelievable, man. And then to fucking put this into a wonderful little dinner and top it off with some icing. Yes. Some icing on icing dinner? on top of dinner, but you what don't know. Fuck? But you don't know what's for dinner. A little icing on top. Nathan and Haley have like a huge collage at home that they have. From the wedding. Pictures of them together. Wedding wall, yeah. Yeah, sees that. And what does he do? He grabs the keyboard that he bought for Haley when he was supposed to buy a car but didn't buy a car. Yep. He picks it up and he tosses it at the wall and destroys the wall, destroys the keyboard. Yep. Holy fuck, dude. He's going through it right now. Oh, my God. How do you think that's going to affect him throughout the season now? She's gone. Yeah, literally gone. And he still has to go to school. He's got to do all kinds of shit. He's got to live. Like, he's got to have a job. Oh, my God. Pay for everything, right? Insane, dude. I can't even imagine going through that shit right now. I mean, you've split from a wife before. Yeah, I know what it's like, but it wasn't that ugly to tell you that much. (laughs) It's funny. Haley left for tour on her Mm. current split. Mm. You left for tour on your split. Mm -hmm. Interesting coincidence. A little interesting quinky dink there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, does that kind of sting a little bit? A little bit. Yeah. Oh. Don't do that to me. I'll fucking kill you. Uh, I'm never going on tour again. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) What was your rating? What was my rating? It's now that time. Give me your fucking rating. Yeah, we're 45 minutes in. We're wrapping up the tree hill side of things. I have not written down a rating yet. How high do you think it's going to be? How low do you think it's going to be? I think it's because you said 4.79 was the the highest. And that was the season one season finale and the premiere of season two. Yeah. Yes. I think it'll be like closer to 4.9. Mm. Yeah, you're uh, pretty good here, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, what, 4.89? Dollar sign. Five. <laughs> 4. 4.91. Oh, shit. 4.91 on shit. the tree hill scale the Meltzer five star scale 4.91 oh my god yeah that's the high highest one. rated episode in thw have history thw hef hef you put a little thw hef hef in there hef a little hef in your step it's a little hef in my step 4.91 <laughs> dollar sign Damn. 4.91 Damn. Yeah, dude. But you know what that means? What? Oh, you know what that means. Tell me what it means, babe. Uh, Time for wrestling. And check out my sweet diagram. Why do you have a diagram? I have a diagram because I'm taking a um, university course right now. (laughs) And this is a diagram of the type of... uh, leader the way i lead people Mm. yes and uh, i am a directional and a relational manager Mm. yes interesting Mm -hmm. yes (laughs) i like to give directions 
clearly and succinctly make people understand what needs to be done. And I also build strong relationships with my team members and customers. Mm. Yeah. I'm terrible at delegating. You need to delegate better, dude. I know. You got to delegate, bro. I'm just, I'm that kind of person. I'm a bit of a control freak. And I know. Get out of here. (laughs) I know that it's not going to be done up to my standard. So I might as well just do it instead of telling them, hey, you need to do this. And then them disappointing me. So that's why you take them aside and you show them how to do it properly again. And if they don't get it again, then you can start shading them. (laughs) I wouldn't shade them. Usually the things that I am delegating and stuff, it's cleaning stuff. So they just don't want to do it. No, who wants to clean? But like... Oh, yeah, but you got to do it. You got to do it, I right? Store it's your job, Anyways. Bro. It's your job. <laughs> We're going on about being managers. It's your job to clean, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Providence, Rhode Island, June 8th, 1997. Uh, King of the Ring. It's your first ever King of the Ring pay per view, babe. How did you like this intro with like the freaking trumpets and that? That was weird. <laughs> that was so fucking cheesy. <laughs> oh my god! No, it was not. It was totally it. The no. King of the Ring '97 intro was pretty bad. Yeah, wasn't great. But here we are, Providence, Rhode Island, for King of the Ring '1997. Uh, Ken, okay, 93, 94, 95, 96. Four winners previously to this King of the Ring. Can you name me some? Cold Steve Austin is one of them. One, yeah. I don't know any others. They're all, they're both in the Heart Foundation. Oh. Brett? Mm hmm. He's the first one. Owen? Owen was the second one. Hmm. Stone Cold Owen Brett. Mm-hmm. And the other King of the Ring. Who is that? I don't know. King Mabel. Okay, moving on. <laughs> How would I guess that? Because you've never met Mabel yet, but you will meet Mabel. Oh. Ma- Mabel's coming. Mabel. That's Mabel weird. will come. That's a weird name. Mabel. Yeah. Yeah. We're not naming our kid that. But he doesn't stick with the name Mabel. It turns into Viscera. You like that name? Viscera. No. Big Vis? No. Big Daddy V? No. No? No. Hard pass. <laughs> Big Daddy V? You don't like Hard that Hard pass. <laughs> or you're going to see him and he's like 500 pounds or some shit. He's huge. Mabel. Yeah. No. Yeah, fucking Mabel, dude. Uh, King of the Ring here and we only have Vince McMahon and Jim Ross on commentary because Jared the King Lawler's got a match tonight later on in the King of the Ring tournament against Mankind. Hmm. I hate will, this guy. I know you hate this guy. He's quite, so annoying. Quite passionately, you hate this guy. And I could totally see why. First match of the night, right off the hop, like machine gun fire, like the One Tree Hill episode. It's fucking Thong and Dater. Fucking Ahmed Johnson. Versus Diz Prince. And the Trips, man. Fucking tra. Uh, Hunter Hearst Helmsley's here in the semifinals of the King of the Ring tournament. You like how the Knights, they have two guys stationed oh at my the God, doors that was to the entrance. so cheesy. And there's like lions on the door <gasps> and, and they pull it open when the wrestlers come out. They open the doors and they've done that at like I think all the King of the Rings at this point or I'm not sure. Don't quote me but I know they've done it before. 
And uh, you said you would love to be the guy that does that. That would be so great, dude. You can like see the guys as they come out. You just open the door for them. That's all you do. You wear some purple clothing and then away you go. And you're out there for like two hours and 45 minutes. Standing three there. hours standing there opening doors for wrestlers. I could not. And then seeing stand. their butts, I guess. <laughs> yeah, because they're watching them walk away. Yeah, right? So they see their butt. Here's the thing. So Thonginator's got some... Uh, nice butt. Little <laughs> extra reinforcement on his undies. He does. He's got, like, there's these side panels, like the black mesh side panel things. Yes. But also I noticed um, right... In like his ass area, yep. it seemed that there was extra fabric stitched in to maybe prevent thongage. Yes, and I was not happy. Yeah, yeah. I need the thong. <laughs> He's trying to. Avoid he should just thong. come out in a thong. I mean, he could. That'd be great. Yeah. He's got a nice butt. Right? <laughs> totally. Um, but would yeah. you ever wear a thong? A thong? No, I don't want anything on my ass crack. I don't need that. Come on. No. Do it for me. Oh, dude. <laughs> That's a whole different podcast. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, China. No, no. China. 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 People think I don't like China. I love China. China. China is the new China, by the way. China. 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 I deal with China. 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 Big league. China. So don't tell me about China. I know China. China. And by the way, I love China. I mean, I love China. How can you not love China? I love China. 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 Yes, China. What is China wearing? Here's the thing. (laughs) So... (laughs) I made a joke. Would you wear this for me? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So she's wearing this like. No sells the answer. (laughs) (laughs) This whole like bodysuit thing. But it seems like every time she comes out, there's a new like slit cut in it. There's new holes. It's like there's new holes every week. (laughs) And it's like. Every time there's a new slit added, yeah. it just is like counting how many times she's been up. Like, you know, there. Yeah. Right. Present. Oh, my goodness. In the company. Yeah. Yeah. Just I was just oh laughing at that. I thought it was so funny. It's hilarious. She has some interesting outfits over the years, I must I must say. Uh, you'll see all I, that's probably going to have to be uh, maybe a future segment when the divas start to get a little bit more prevalent is that uh, they wear some pretty crazy things. So you kind of have to like grade all their uh, outfit and attire choices. I mean, it's not that her outfit was terrible. No, I'm just if saying if I had a body like that. Yeah, maybe I could. But like, you know. But you have to rate all these uh, attires. Oh, my gosh. Yes. So how do you like uh, China's here? Uh, very holy attire. But you know what? Like, it's not... It didn't look terrible. Yeah. It was just really funny that I made that correlation <laughs> that, like, yeah. hey, does this count how many times she's been on the show? <laughs> yeah, right? I think she would have more. No. She's been on for a while. She's been on since what, what was that? I know, but there's also the big side cutouts sure. too now. Yeah, I know. And some on the back too. Yeah. But like, I don't know. She's been know. around for a while now. I think there's going to be way more holes than that. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah but it's think, been pretty funny. I don't think there's enough holes yet. <laughs> there yeah. will be plenty of holes to come. Oh my God. <laughs> You're That's terrible. What? She said, uh, China, yes, uh, brute force in Ahmed Johnson versus science. This science? is science. Triple H is a scientific wrestler, he doesn't beat you with strength, mm. he beats you with science. Man, he uses his brains to outwit you and beat you, and he also uses China to interfere all the time Every and help time. him win matches. And yes, the reinforced thong. This wasn't a very good, uh, very long match. Uh, Ahmed looked pretty dominant for most of it. And then China made her presence known. She's all about the distraction tactics. She jumps up on the apron. She jumps down. She says a couple of choice words to Ahmed Johnson. Uh, Mm. I'm sure you can imagine what she said to him. And then all of a sudden, high knee, pedigree, and one, two, three. And that all rhymed. (laughs) <laughs> Triple H, Hunter, beats Ahmed in the semifinal matchup. And even coming into this match, Ahmed walking down to the ring with his no thong. Uh, Jim Ross even said, this, this guy's the favorite. It's a crapshoot after if he, get, if he loses. Right? So he, he's the favorite going into this. So mm-hmm. if he hasn't won now, so now it's up for grabs. It could be either Triple H, Mankind, or the, the rightful king, or the original king. Lawler, that is. Ew, no. <laughs> China distraction leads to the HHH win. We go to the second match, which is Mankind and aforementioned Jerry the King Lawler, another Ugh. semifinal matchup Perfect for King of the Ring. So whoever wins this match goes on to the finals to face Hunter Hearst Helmsley later on. Now, Mankind, how you feeling about Mankind now? You know how you said about me with Brooke is like, here's the genesis of her changing and, and them making her a better character that you could like. A babyface Brooke. Not a fucking heel Brooke. A babyface Brooke. And now they're turning Mankind babyface. And they're giving him he this. He says funny shit. He does. And he's actually very very intelligent dude and he's written books after books after books after books he's a smart very well-spoken man and now he's starting to show that a little bit more and he's funny dude he is fucking hilarious he says such funny shit and it's just like right where does that come from because i remember like he was icky mankind icky mankind the lop of brown shit looks like he does not wipe his ass properly and just smells all the time and now we're adding a layer here oh he's a family man he grew up he was abused as a child you feel bad for him all he wanted to do was be a wrestler it was his childhood dream to be a wrestler and now he's a wrestler this is his past and he had to do some crazy crazy shit like barbed wire matches and C4 explosive matches That's fucking before nuts. he came How's to WWF legal? and they just fucking they just do it because it's Japan and they do whatever the fuck they want brother and that's what he did and he lost an ear in fucking Germany so now you're learning about all this stuff and seeing that hey and he's a pretty funny guy and he you know He's wondering where Uncle Paul is but apparently Uncle Paul has bigger fish to fry tonight he's got more important shit to do doesn't care about mankind anymore so now he's at odds with uncle paul so that instantly makes him a baby face and he also makes the joke the only worse thing than jerry the king lawler is a stark naked king would be himself as a stark naked king oh my god <laughs> it's actually pretty funny and he pulls out the bang bang 
Bang bang. Yeah. Bang bang. I don't know what that means. Cactus Jack, dude. Bang okay. bang. Mankind versus Lawler. Wow. Yeah. Uh, King comes out and he Ugh, I hate this starts guy. mouthing off at the fans. <laughs> he looks at this one woman in the crowd. He's like, "What are you doing here? Isn't the massage par is the massage parlor closed already?" And <laughs> what the fuck, dude? This guy. <laughs> and, I swear to God. I then, know it was a different time. It was definitely but a different time. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that pisses me off so much. Okay. Okay. So people current day are being shamed for the shit they said or did or roles they played in movies years and years ago in the 90s, whatever, 80s. Yet motherfuckers like this say shit like this as a role yeah. in quotations and where's the shame on those motherfuckers? Yeah. Yeah. Like him. why like why is it that actors and shit gets shaded for this and then but then guys like this don't get shaded at all for being legit pervs in this show. Like Where's the fairness in it? Yeah, fair enough. If you're going to go and say that this actor from this movie in 92 said this really crazy thing that is so frowned upon and you're gonna like cancel him cancel this guy too like this guy needs to be fucking canceled whatever cancel culture whatever it's bullshit i don't like it and then he uh, looks at another guy and says hey uh you better call your parole officer you're out too late yeah, just making fun of the fans as a Jerry the King Lawler would. Uh, not too bad of a match. He actually, when he throws Mankind out, he dummies him up pretty good with a couple of real good shots, throwing his head back onto the steel retaining gate. Uh, but he, uh, Jerry the King Lawler also tries to fast count his count out. <laughs> what a fucking idiot. Right? But it doesn't work because he's not the ref. And he also does his finishing move pile driver a couple times and does not get a three. He even does it on the outside, but it looked like absolute shit out there. But then luckily, Mankind, mandible claw out of nowhere into the gullet of Jerry the King Lawler. And he just goes out and he's done. And he's out of this tournament and Mankind picks up the victory. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Mankind beating your arch nemesis, Jerry so the King happy. Lawler. So I was now, so happy. If Pervy King had won, I would have been like, fuck this shit. I'm done. Yeah. Pod- podcast over. <laughs> podcast over. Jerry the King Lawler beat Mankind. <laughs> but Mankind beat Jerry the King Lawler here and all is well with the world. Babyface, Mankind getting a big win leading up to his finals match against Triple H. Okay. Uh, I need to institute, and I feel like uh, this could be easily this person for this episode, is that at the end of the episode, I want your most valuable player your mvp so basically your favorite person man or woman on this roster or part of this show that you enjoy the most just as a like oh i really like this this character is the mvp because he did or she did this and i feel like this could be an mvp segment because brian pillman is having a promo backstage in the bathroom (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and he's wearing an Austin 360 shirt. I forgot about this for a second. Ryan Pillman. See, you have to write the, the interview segments down too because you miss shit. And yeah, but you, you bring it up and it jogs my memory. Sure. So I'm okay with that. But like, you would have known exactly what I was talking about when I was No, but I up. like being confused Ooh. for a minute. No, your shit, bro. Um, yeah, Brian it's Pillman. It's part of the fun. Sure. This lighter is almost a fluid, by Ooh. the way. So Brian Pillman is in the bathroom. He's wearing an awesome 316 shirt, but the 316 is crossed out. And I think it says the date. I think it said like 9-8-97, I'm pretty sure. So the date. Or uh, 9-9-97. I don't know. Uh, because Brian Pillman has a match against Stone Cold on Raw uh, the day after King of the Ring. Mm. And so <laughs> Brian Pillman is having his promo. And who shows up? <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin literally <laughs> storms in. <laughs> oh. Stone Cold. Oh, fuck. Stone Cold is here. Hmm. God damn. Gotta love Mr. Austin. And while Pillman is doing his promo. He grabs him. Stone. It's yeah. so funny. See, he was like. You shall fire. <laughs> He is literally, I laughed so hard because he's behind him making funny ass faces. <laughs> Stone Cold. Stone so Cold. Good. Uh, Stone Cold is being an absolute menace here. Uh, he is fucking behind Brian Pillman while he's doing this promo, making faces and like fingering him and like doing all this stuff. The camera could see it, but Brian Pillman cannot. And that's the beautiful part of this promo <laughs> is that Brian Pillman has no idea that Mr. Austin is there. And so uh, Steve Williams himself uh, jumps. Brian Steve Pillman. Williams as uh, his original real name. I don't like that. Yeah. His real name is Steve Williams. He was born Stephen Williams. I don't like that. Stephen Williams. I don't like it. Yeah. No. Stone Cold Stephen Williams. No. Oh. No. Doesn't sound right, does it? Yeah. No. Steve Austin it is. <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, attacks Brian Pellin from behind, starts beating the crap out of him. Beat the crap out of him. Beat the crap out of him. Oh, my God. Beat the crap out of him. Uh, literally throws him in the bathroom. And you almost burped on fucking record there, brother. <laughs> yeah, I very close. <laughs> You're lucky to uh, do it away from the mic. But it, it, almost, <laughs> it almost happened to you, dude. <laughs> but then he puts him and flushes him down the commode. Uh, he literally <laughs> shoves his face in, in the, the toilet, toilet and flushes. He gives him a swirly, dude. Oh, my he God. Flushes that was the such fucking, a good moment. He flushes the fucking toilet, dude. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Flushes Pillman down the commode where he belongs. <laughs> Holy shit. And then for some reason, we get a fucking gold dust crush match yeah fucking forehead tat and chicken mcnugget and they just rest hold forever yeah and the nation comes down and they don't do a hell of a lot and then uh gold dust wins by a teeny t yeah yeah it's about it yeah yeah i don't under i'm this gold dust character i know i i'm i'm a little perturbed at it why well it's like Oh, I'm this family man. I'm, you know, I'm this real person and I had a terrible childhood. 
because my dad was never around and now I'm this guy and now you know who I am and who my wife is, my daughter, but I'm still the same character that I've been this entire time. Yeah. And I look exactly the same. Just because they have, like, mankind still looks like mankind. Pretty soon he won't. But that's the thing. Just because they have, like, these interviews doesn't mean they have to change their outfit, change their character necessarily. They're just giving you a sneak peek into their lives and what made them that character. Doesn't mean he has to drop that character. Mm. Yeah. But I feel like now that they're adding layers, maybe they have to add layers in the ring as well, too. And what you see on TV. Well, I mean, they did have his daughter on, so... That's true. Yeah, fair enough. Maybe that's a first step, and eventually things will change. It's hard to see what the actual plans are for him, like what they plan on doing with him, but we're along for the ride, and we will see how it plays out. And he gets the DDT win over Crush. (sighs) Okay, babe. Legion of Doom. Legion of Sid. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god it's the legion of sid the psycho legion stupid sid stupid sid and the psycho legion something along those lines and, and the heart fuckers yeah but as i told you before when we were watching this sid has a promo with the legion of doom mm-hmm. <laughs> and by diddly do squat <laughs> Oh my god. I am the master and the ruler of the world. Our foundation. You have no idea what I'm going to tell you. And then Animal just yells as well too. But uh, Everyone just yells. Everyone just yells. Not everyone. Not everyone just yells. Everyone yells. A lot of people yell. Bret Hart yells a lot. Bret Hart yells. Stone Cold yells. Yeah, but his isn't as irritating. Annoying and irritating. Paul Bear. (laughs) Gross. Yeah. Oh, man. That's going to go down a whole thing. But uh, revenge is a dish served best cold. Heart Foundation against the Legion of Sid here. And Bulldog. How do you feel about Bulldog right now? I know he's associated with Brett, but do you still like him? Do you? How do you feel right now? You, you just like we're fighting. We're still fighting. We're fighting. Oh, that's so unfortunate. I don't know. I think maybe. Oh, probably not. <laughs> I think this is where you'll kind of just keep going with him. No. Yeah. Sorry, bro. But uh, he's no. great. He's great in the ring, and he wears short shorts. So. The tassel boots, and he's got tassel boots. Tassel boots, yeah. But uh, Sid likes to no sell his stalling vertical suplex, and then Hawk really probably, I'd say, every time no sells every pile driver he's ever been given. But stupid Sid, guess what cost them the match? Sid was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> was too stupid to understand that Owen Hart was actually the legal man in the match. Gave him a sunset flip off the top rope that he completely missed, and then that Sid just ended up falling into. And then Owen pinned Sid for the Uno Dos Tres. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. A big win for the Hart Foundation because stupid Sid is stupid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fuck Bret Hart. I thought Bret Hart was only the only wrestler on the roster that's allowed to talk about Lion King. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh my god. I mean Lion King was like a Dude, big it. Disney movie at this point. Like it was huge. Oh yeah, like it had been a few years since release, but everybody knew it and it was very popular in Disney VHS, bro. That was a thing. Yeah. And yeah, and I saw that shit in theaters and it was so great. But Bret Hart, obviously he loves that movie. He's a stan of the Lion King, especially the original. See, movie. that's all he talks about. He talks about gutless hyenas and how he's the king of the jungle. He's Simba. Right? He's the lion. Yeah. <laughs> right? He is the lion. Oh, my God. <laughs> but Mankind has a promo before his finals of the King of the Ring match against Hunter Hearst Helmsley. And he starts spouting off Lion King references as well because he says he just can't wait to be king. Oh, my God. No, I just can't wait to be king. Legit, I would have been so happy if he started singing. That would have been so epic. Can we please play that song? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, how would you put Lion King on like your top Disney movies? I loved it. Yeah. Like it was one of my favorites. Number one or like a number three or five? Uh, probably number two because I also was mm. obsessed with Beauty and the Beast. Good. Because Good. I really liked, I don't know why. Yes, I love, Prince. no. <laughs> yeah, I do. love being scared. That's something like I literally love being scared. Like you always bug me about like watching movies about murder mystery shit and like podcasts and stuff. And like I like some horror movies. It's because I legit like being scared and I was scared of Beauty and the Beast, but I always wanted to watch it. Weird. That was your horror movie at that age. Yeah. (laughs) Because it always like when beasts like roared and stuff and got really like pissed off. Yeah. It scared me mm. when I was little, and but I I would always my auntie Sandy I'd be like I want to watch Beauty and the Beast. She's like you're scared of it, and I'm like I want to watch Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> and you just wanted to watch it. I did. Interesting. I wanted to be scared. You wanted to be scared, but not as scared as Hunter Hearst Helmsley, who had to face mankind in the King of the Ring finals. Here, if Triple H wins this, is it Queen China? Ugh. Queen China. My goodness. But yeah, as I, as I was saying before, is that Mankind or Mick Foley or Mickey Foley, as we've been told, that is his real name. And he's very well read and an intelligent person that has written book after book after book. So it's not a bad match. It goes on for quite a while. It's a bit of a longer match. Yeah, for sure. it is long. Hits the double arm DDT. And this, I think this is the first, maybe not the first time, but definitely where it's more of like a closer signature move or a finish for him. But of course, China, China distracting the ref of course that's all she does yeah she distracts the ref she makes sure triple h wins his fucking match so mankind has the mandible claw officially on triple h and he's going out and the referee is too close looking at hunter and fucking china pulls mankind right out of the ring and the referee of course doesn't even fucking see it right in front of him (sighs) fucking referees (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I get so triggered with these motherfuckers. Yep. They're pointless. They're literally useless. They're, they're just there to count the three. That's all they need to do is count the three. And half the time they can't even do that quick enough or slow enough. Like they're always just like, it's Earl not Hebner, consistent. Earl Hebner is such a bad ref for that where his like last counts are so slow. Just for the dramatic so effect slow. of how slow. Or they like 
make it really, really fast sometimes. And it's like. Yeah. But sometimes. Consistency, brother. But here's the thing. Sometimes the refs, they have allegiances as well. These motherfuckers. So sometimes they're like, I like this guy. So I'm going to count fast for him. Motherfuckers. Yeah, dude. You would not like Nick Patrick from WCW. Tell you that much. Heel ref. Heel ref. Uh, yeah, Mankind making some pretty, taking some pretty blind and ugly bumps onto the outside. His head is really hurting. Like they're really putting forth that Mankind is is in a lot of pain here. His neck could have a concussion. His neck is not doing well. And fucking, it wasn't the Spanish table. Hell, it wasn't even the French table. But <laughs> Hunter pedigrees Mankind on Vince McMahon's and Jim Ross's. English announce table. I'm sure he got in shit for that. <laughs> He's like, why are you doing this? Not at this table. What are you doing? Go to the Spanish table. Oh, I found something the other day. What? On Instagram. What? That I was like, this would be Sean. 100%. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> but I would never Describe do that. Describe it. Oh my God. Okay, it's a meme. Move it over so I can actually see it. <laughs> God damn it. Um, okay, so it's a meme, and it's a picture of, like, a shirtless guy, but he actually has a winged eagle World Wrestling Federation title belt, basically Bret Hart's title belt. Um, and it's tattooed on his body, but it looks like he's actually wearing it, so it's tattooed on, like, his stomach area. Show me again. And um, don't block it with your fingers either. I'm trying to make sure it doesn't time out. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Oh, no. Never mind. I fixed it, so it was 10 minutes. Oh God. <laughs> uh, let me explain it like you asked me to. And But it's a meme, and it says, Mom says, only get tattoos that mean a lot to you. Me. <laughs> and it's the Winged Eagle World Wrestling Federation title belt tattooed on a man's stomach. And all, probably all around his back, to his back where he has the straps on there as well. With too. a ridiculous amount of chest hair. Yeah, he's got a lot of chest hair, too. Uh, <laughs> would never do that. I saw that and thought of you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, respect to like you know go to those lengths to get that tattoo in your body. But for me, what the fuck? Dude? <laughs> Why would I ever do that in ten trillion years? It's, that's fucking stupid. It was even in his belly button. Too. I know, dude. Could never. No way, man. Yeah. No way. That's not even the nicest title belt I've ever seen. It's the Intercontinental title, man. Owen's title belt he has right now, that is the most beautiful title of all time. Mm. Yeah. Just hits the right way, dude. <laughs> but, yeah, he takes pedigree into the fucking English announce table. And Triple H here, uh, Mankind's trying to get back into the ring, and then China nails him with the steel, the steel scepter breaks it right over his fucking I mean back that of his smacked neck. really hard back of his neck it just cracked right over and just exploded and he gets back in the ring pedigree and one two three and Hunter Hearst Helmsley rhyme time brother wow Hunter Hearst Helmsley's the new king of the ring and he's the 1997 king of the ring at that mm-hmm. so Todd Petting Zoo Petting Zoo. Todd Petting Zoo, a.k.a. Todd Petting Gill, comes into the ring and is forced to give the robe and the crown to the new king, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. And so he takes the robe and he gets it on him. 
China's like really pushing Pettingill here to get everything going. And then he gives him the crown and he's about to put on the crown. He like slowly brings it up to his head. And he's going to put it on and he fucking smashes mankind with it. Bang over and over and over again. Beats down an already beaten down man. What an ass. What an asshole, man. This prince is a fucking asshole. Mankind didn't deserve this shit. This is going a little bit too far here. But yeah, as I told you the night we watched this is that uh, because the MSG incident where they broke kayfabe for the first time, uh, somebody had to get punished and it was Triple H and he was slated to win King of the Ring 96, which he did not win. So one year later, he wins King of the Ring 97. His redemption arc is actually being King of the Ring. And then he destroys mankind in the process. But he did not want to wear the crown. He thought it was a stupid idea and didn't want to wear it. And Vince forced him. He says, you're going to wear this fucking crown. And so on the first night when he gets the crown after beating mankind, he smashes it so he can't wear it. <laughs> what a baby. But then he brings it to TV as a smashed hat. Or, and it's such a terrible crown too. It's so bad. It's like purple and gold. It's like shitty spray paint and glitter and it has like an old WWF logo on it. Like it's not even the current, you know, the little WWF logo they have at the bottom left of the screen, mm-hmm. that little bug yeah. or whatever, the WWF symbol. The WWF symbol on the crown isn't even the current one. It's the old one. So they don't even have an updated fucking hat. Oh my God. Fucking crown for... Tr- for fucking dis prince but no longer a prince he's a disney king now. oh my god is he the disney king he's not a disney prince anymore wow he's dis king dis king <laughs> whoa dis king Ugh. on tree hill wrestling federation podcast he's still prince adam after being beast but yes dis king triple h new king of the ring Stone Cold Steve Austin is still in a tag team with the Heartbreak Rattlesnakes with Shawn Michaels. Hold up. We forgot to mention Bitch Heart is still a mega bitch. Bitch Heart is still a mega bitch. But I'm saying that Stone Cold Steve Austin and HBK are the next match that's coming yes, up. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. And we get a little um, we get a little video package to introduce that. But before they come out, we. Bitch heart is a mega bitch. (laughs) I guess bitch heart is a mega bitch. So he gets in the ring. He's no longer on crutches. He's crutchless. No more crutches. He goes to the ring and he makes the announcement at the next pay per view, July 6th, at the Canadian Stampede. Calgary, Alberta, where the hearts are from. Next month on July 6th. Why do you have to do his The Canadian Stampede. No. The In Your Haste House (laughs) pay-per-view. Why do they give him a mic if he's just going to fuck up? The In Your Haste House pay-per-view. Wow. (laughs) So next month at In Your Haste. uh, In Your Haste. Bret Hart challenges any five american wrestlers any five put your best five american wrestlers and you take the heart foundation on in calgary in canada where the heart foundation are beloved as heroes Hmm. no booze for fucking heart foundation from the crowd in calgary because they're at home 
Unless people see the light and see that he's a little bitch. But it's Calgary, dude. He's still a little bitch. It's the hearts. It's Calgary, dude. He's a bitch. Like, if I was there, I would have booed him. It's like Ryan Reynolds in Vancouver. If if I was there, I would have booed him. Damn, dude. That would have been savage. You know what? <laughs> we were like older and like we went to this pay-per-view, Canadian Stampede, next month, July 6th in Calgary, Alberta, Canadian Stampede. If we went to this pay-per-view together, I say like 20-year-olds together, mm-hmm. I would have been pro Bret Hart and Hart Foundation here. And you would have been pro Stone Cold and the Americans. So you would have been an American coming on Canadian soil when you already are a Canadian <laughs> booing the Hart Foundation. Yep. Wow. Dude. No shame. You would have been the biggest heel in the crowd. No shame. You would have been such a heel. People would have thrown shit at you. I don't People care. People would have been pissed with you. Don't care. Oh, my God. This guy's dude. a fucking whiny bitch. Oh, no, dude. And I don't like it. So if you were to pick five American wrestlers. Stone Cold. Stone Cold's on this team. Who else is on the team? Undertaker. Undertaker. Okay. Who else is on the team? You got three more guys. Three American guys at the next pay-per-view to take on the Hart Foundation. What do I care about? Undertaker. Stone Cold. Diz Prince. He's got China, so she'll fuck shit up, too. Diz Prince, really? Mm-hmm. You think Diz Prince would want a team with Undertaker and Stone Cold, though? Probably not, but, you know, to beat these motherfuckers. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Diz um, Prince. What's he got? Spiky Dino Bros. Spiky Dino Bros. Okay. Okay. So there's your five. Taker, Austin, Diz Prince. That's an interesting. Actually, no. Diz not Prince. Diz Prince. Diz Prom Prince. King. Shawn Michaels. There you go. I was Prom thinking. King. I was like, the guy's I in this next. I couldn't think about him for a second because. This guy's in the next match. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay. Shawn Michaels. Not Diz Prince. Not that seemed Diz a little Prince. weird. Uh, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker. I was thinking of Diz Prince because we just saw him. Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Stone Cold, and Spiky Dino Bros? Whoa, dude. I will tell you right now, you have three of those correct. Interesting. Yes, out of the five. You got two of them wrong. But it's Spiky up, Dino Bros are the ones that are wrong. But it's up to you to decide who is wrong, and I'm not telling you how wrong you are. I'm just telling you that there's three guys, one pretty obvious, that is definitely going to be on this team. Hmm. But you got three right. Hmm. Who are the other two? No idea. No Googling. No chat GPT. <sighs> no spoilers, brother. I never looked up a goddamn fucking One Tree Hill spoiler because the anticipation and the actual seeing of it just shocks me that much more. I honestly, like, other than when we're recording it, I don't care enough to actually Google it. Good. That's good. Because then you see it the way it's meant to be seen. Brand new and live for the first time. Yeah. I I, I don't like being wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> quite obviously. But at the same time, it's like, if I know it, then what's the point in watching it? You know? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. You want to experience it for the first time. For sure. Mm. It's the way to do it. It's the way it's meant to be watched, just like Tree Hill. I wish I could do that again with Tree Hill. Oh, my God. I wish I could do that with wrestling. <laughs> Fuck. That'd be amazing. Imagine if we were like, we've never seen these 
either of these before. Let's watch them and make a podcast about it. Yeah. And like absolutely raw reactions to shit. Mm, like, yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, absolutely. But the Heart Foundation try to get Brett on commentary for this match. And because the fucking English announce table is completely jacked up, there is no headset for fucking Brett to actually go on commentary. So nope. <laughs> the uh, agents just all come to the ring and kick them out and say, that's it. You're not going to be out here anymore. So they're gone. Banned. And they're not here for this match. And it's Shawn Michaels, Prom King against Stone Cold Steve Austin, tag team champions at odds in a one-on-one match. Austin doesn't want to cripple Shawn Michaels, because he likes how much money he makes when he's tag team champion. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, he just wants to have a good competitive match, but he wants to prove to him that he's the better wrestler. He's the captain of the team. I'm the captain of the team, damn it. Right? He is fucking awesome. And he's getting in here with fucking Shawn Michaels. Start the match. They get out there. Shawn Michaels doesn't look as enthused with this match as he has in previous matches. You know how he's like really, you know, dancing and jumping around. He mm-hmm. kind of just walks straight to the ring, dances a little bit, but nothing too crazy. You can tell his frame of mind right now is not exactly the best, especially after all that's gone on with him earlier this year mm-hmm. with being gone so long and dropping the title and all these things and drugs and alcohol are starting to rear its head a little bit with Shawn mm. Michaels or maybe just continue as they have all these years. Uh, yeah. It's a lot that goes on behind the scenes where you're like, wow, Shawn Michaels is kind of a piece of shit. <laughs> and he's even admitted to how much he was a piece of shit back in the day these days. So, wow. He okay. At least himself. he can admit it. Oh, he absolutely admitted it himself for sure. In many interviews, but, uh, beginning of the match, they have an incident on the outside like almost immediately after the match starts and a young fan, a mentally challenged young fan jumps the barricade. So anytime somebody jumps the barricade security, they get right on and they escort them out of the building. But this young mentally challenged fan kid with down syndrome, he did. And he fell over the barricade. So when they saw somebody jump the barricade, they didn't realize they actually fell over. And when they picked him up and saw who it was, they didn't know what to do. The security was kind of not knowing what's going on right now. Like, what's the next move? So Mm -hmm. Shawn Michaels actually comes out and proves, hey, he's not that bad of a guy after all, and helps the kid out and his mother as well and gets him off to the back safely. Yeah. So honestly, sure, they didn't know what to do. But honestly, in this situation, I think they probably... I also like how at this moment, Stone Cold kind of let him kind of do his thing well at first he went right out there and yeah. beat the shit out of him threw him back in the ring first, but then but hbk stopped and went back out and helped him again once he realized he was like oh, okay like you're trying to do something good but yeah it's uh <laughs> this poor kid yeah poor kid right so sean michaels helps him out luckily he keep calling him a special olympian on commentary oh god that fell over the the railing but yeah, no, Sean, uh, Sean helps him out, which is great. Mm-hmm. And then he finally gets back in the ring with Slayers because Austin sits on the rope and like wants to let him in, like open the rope for him yeah. so he can actually like, get come in. Come on, bro. Yeah, come on, bro. Come get on, in dude. Here. It's okay. It's all right. You can trust me. <laughs> A literal rattlesnake. You can trust me. Mm-hmm. And he even does Sean Michaels fucking 
fucking sexy boy pose with the leg outstretched and oh the whole thing. God. Austin does it. It's fucking hilarious. I love it. I don't know how many times they've done a test of strength, babe. Give me do a test of strength with oh me. Oh my god. Just, just interlock your hand with mine, your right hand. Just inter yeah. Just like Ugh, that. Who's your stronger? hands are so big. Stop. Who's, my hands are not big You're at all. You're hurting me with my ring. <sighs> test of strength. And all the ah. <laughs> See, you won the test of strength, bro. I I should have complained about you. how you were hurting me with my ring so that you'd loosen up and then I took and then advantage. You, and you took advantage and beat me. That's exactly what you did. You fucking <laughs> Yeah, oh my god, you worked me. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, test the strength right here. And the first time we ever hear Jim Ross call Austin the rattlesnake. That damn rattlesnake. And so Austin, uh, wow, that is a big yawn, dude. <laughs> big yawn. Big yawn here. I had to throw my head back because I was trying not to yawn, yawn into the in mic. The mic. <laughs> Stoical Steve Austin has some cheap taxes where he puts on a headlock here. And he keeps putting his feet on the rope to gain leverage like a heel would do. He does all the cheat. So what the fuck is this? Okay, I got a question for you here, brother. Okay, so fucking uh, Heart Foundation, they cheat all the time. And they fucking gang up and shit. And fucking Nation of Domination, they cheat in every match. And, you know, they do their shit. Oh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He cheats in this match to gain the upper hand. And you're like... I love Stoko. He's the best. He's he doesn't me. piss me off. He's me incarnate. I love him so much. He doesn't he piss me off. He cheats too, though. He doesn't piss me off. But so does Shawn Michaels, doesn't? Does he not? Not in this match. No, I don't. Not think he in this match. At all. But, but he has cheated in the past. Yeah. Yeah, but not as much as Stone Cold. <laughs> you know what? He hasn't pissed me off as much as the others. So fair enough. What, does this cheating not piss you off because of who he is? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> You're a hypocrite. What a fucking hypocrite. It's okay for you to cheat Stone Cold, but not for fucking Nation of Domination. They're not allowed to cheat. No, they suck. But Because it's Cold. all they fucking do. That's the thing. It's all they fucking do. Feels like Austin cheats. If it was an occasional thing where you were catching it, like, whatever. But in the case when it's a constant thing, that's when it pisses me off. Austin's trying to gain leverage here. and He's cheating. And he's uh, getting his foot off the rope before the referee sees. And then the ropes are shaking. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh, oh, how's the referee? What, referee looks at it. Oh, I wonder how those ropes are shaking. Ghosties. I wonder. Ghosties, maybe. Vince McMahon on commentary even says, was that a bird in the arena? <laughs> oh, my God. Did a bird hit the ropes? <laughs> And so, of course, in all of Shawn Michaels' greatest matches, he gets his ass out. And the crowd goes fucking wild. Oh, my God. That was hilarious. And yeah. it was, like, literally just the top. Of yeah, his, it wasn't like, even cheeks. that much. Yeah. It wasn't much. Like, you could see the crack, like, the start of the crack, but that was it. And literally, the crowd went nuts. It yeah. was so funny. It was pop of the night. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most excitement I've seen in that crowd all night. All night, yeah. They're just going wild for this fucking ass shot here. 
and sign and every time he like got like turned around while it was still like pulled down a little bit yeah like the crowd cheering would like shift (laughs) around the arena it was hilarious everybody wants fucking sexy boy to get his ass out of course huge pop now we get the cavalcade of ref bumps oh no (laughs) one ref gets hurt stone cold stunner get the count can't count too hurt gets a stunner another referee gets sweet chin music another referee gets a stunner another referee gets sweet chin music and then earl hodner just throws it all out comes down the ring fuck all of you you fucking sweet chin music him you stunnered him double disqualification and actually it was a pretty decent finish for what it was because now Shawn michaels doesn't have to lose Stone Cold doesn't have to lose. I love how they were walking off. Yeah. Side-eyeing each yeah, other. They did not other. trust each other, oh. but they were still like walking next to each other because they're and, tag yeah, team partners. Exactly. And Austin, like, he's like, hey, go ahead first. He's like, no, I don't want to go in front of you. <laughs> like, you go like, in front of me. So they just side-eye each other like the whole way it was down. so funny. They did such a good job with this match. And this is at a time when they were pretty much at their physical peaks, both of them. Like, you're not going to get much better uh, uh, I mean, you will get Shawn Michaels, but Stone Cold, you're not going to get much better of like actually like physically capable really well of doing all the things he can do. Mm-hmm. And this match was awesome. But after the double DQ, what is a double qualification like? Jim Ross. It's like kissing your sister. The fuck? Yeah. It's like kissing your sister. That's weird. Yeah. Why do they say weird shit like that? Yeah. It's like the old saying goes, it's like kissing your sister. Oh my God. It's a sister kisser. Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast. And then finally, the main event of the evening. I cannot wait to hear your thoughts on this, okay? Not so much for the beginning and the match, but how we get later on in this match. WWF title match, fucking Undertaker versus... The fucking nation head fucking bitch. We are the nation of domination. I will whip out my drumstick. (laughs) You already whipped out your drumstick. I haven't even started talking about how we are the nation live and in color. Don't diss the man. Oh, bum rush your mother. Look at what you're playing with this drumstick hating. <laughs> Farouk is the man. Hit your knees and start praying. It is Farouk, the leader, the king of the nation of domination. He's slowly going to like one day put one of the leaf pieces in the table so that I'm farther away from him. <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah, just get a longer exactly. stick. Yeah, I need a... That's why Joe Rogan uh, got a big table, I guess, uh, for his podcast because he didn't want to be that close to Mike Tyson, apparently, when he first interviewed him. So he wanted a table that was further away from him because he was scared of him. Good. Pussy. Yeah. So that maybe that's a piece what... of shit from what I've heard. So What, Joe Rogan? Yeah. Yeah, there's all these things. I've heard things for sure. Yeah. But fucking nation of domination Farouk up against the Undertaker could he be the first ever no I'm African American not gonna happen world champion Undertaker's not gonna let it happen whoa unreal don't think so okay here we go and it's uh, 
it's not about the fact that it's, he is going to be the first African-American. Yeah. It's nothing about that. It's that this guy is a motherfucking piece of shit. Yeah. He's just playing the race card for that yes. effect. Yes. And yeah. I hate that. It's like, no, don't. But, you know what? Farouk has a problem for this match. It's actually a pretty swift comment he makes where he's like, Paul Bear, you may have your black male, but I am the black male. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. It's actually pretty boss ass. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Farouk here. And Undertaker, you know, uh, through all of this, this darkness and how brooding he is and, you know, how powerful and strong The Undertaker is, uh, he's actually a really smart dude, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he is he is an intelligent man. And he goes for his old school spot where he wrenches the arm of Farouk and walks along the top of the rope, but he doesn't go down to Farouk. He jumps to the outside in bowling pin spot with the rest of the nation. You didn't even notice that at first. I had to tell yeah. like you had to rewind. Yeah, I had to go back and watch it again. I love how we say rewind. Yeah. Because we're millennials, dude. That's what we had to do all through our life was rewind. Be kind, rewind. Please, be kind, please rewind. No, you gotta please rewind. It's very Canadian of us to go please rewind. But yes, it is the big match here. Um, yeah, old school spot. And then, yeah, the bowling pin spot. He jumps out to the outside and takes out the entire nation all at once. <laughs> like a strike <laughs> in bowling. <laughs> but they keep teasing the dissension. Yes. Again, with Savio and Crush fighting on the outside, distracting Farouk. From winning. From winning. He was like, he was actually close. He was like taking the lead in it and I was getting was. worried. Uh, and but I had called it. I said something's gonna happen that's going to distract. Like that's the thing that's gonna either they're going to cheat and get disqualified because they, they don't always... want to do because he can win the title and he can't yeah. win by disqualification. And then these motherfuckers or these motherfuckers start fighting and he gets distracted because he's every time every time they fight on the outside he's like hey what's going on here yeah it's like concentrate on your fucking match you dumbass maybe you could have won it if you had just ignored what your little bitches were doing (laughs) like fuck off it doesn't what they're doing at the moment doesn't fucking matter what matters is the match that you're in and you're the one who fucked it up by paying attention to bullshit on the outside. Distraction finish again here. Farouk paying more attention to that than the actual match turns around for the big... Hmm. What finishing move? Uh, tombstone, tombstone pile driver. Tombstone pile driver. I couldn't driver. English for yeah. a second. Tombstone pile, yeah, because they went through the English announce table. So the English isn't as good without the English announce table. Undertaker, pretty scary tombstone. I uh, had a little bit of difficulty getting Farouk up because Farouk is a big ass dude. He's a huge guy. But he got him up, put him down, and one, two, three, darkness pin. And then Undertaker takes out the rest of the nation. Good. Each member comes in one by one. Crush, Savio, D'Lo, all of them. They come in and they all eat fucking choke slams for their fucking problems. And now this huge, big, fucking powerful group of all these like gang member guys with Farouk have all been destroyed by the Undertaker in one fell swoop. Hey, that's uh, an album from... um... Oh, shit. 
What's that band called? Ooh. Uh, One Fell Swoop is uh, an album title from a band I like. But you can't remember the band name. I literally was singing to one of their songs on my way home today, and I can't remember it. The Spill Canvas. Spill Canvas. Love them. Love them. Their song Polygraph right now. Fate is an elegant, cold-hearted whore. Wow. It's a great song. Interesting. Yes. I was belting that on my way home (laughs) today because it's so good. And you know me. You know that I am terrible with lyrics. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm singing along to a song that I've like, I've known this song for years. I've been singing to it since I was a teenager. I still struggle with words to songs because of, you know, MS issues. This song, I got it word for word. And I was so proud of myself once I was done singing it. I was like giddy. I was like, oh yeah, I did it. On your way to work today? <laughs> On my way home. On your way home. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I gotta listen to that shit, bro. It's Spill good. canvas. And Undertaker spills the blood of all the nation members on this <laughs> hey, canvas. Whoa, that's perfect. Right. Bro. Yeah, See? Fate is an elegant, cold-hearted whore. Yeah, fate is an elegant, cold-hearted whore, much like Paul Bear, oh! who came down to the ring with the Undertaker in this match. What's with this episode and then this song and the band and what... Spilling blood. One fell swoop. Like, spilling blood all bro. out on that canvas. And yeah, Paul Bear, he uses the Undertaker for his personal instrument of destruction. So he has to do everything he says. So Paul Bear's like, okay, chokeslam Farouk. Uh, okay, I just did, but okay. Picks him up. Fucking chokeslam. And then Paul Bear's like, okay, do it again. And Undertaker's like, okay, I just did it twice. I think he's good, man. No, fucking chokeslam him again. And he picks him up and he fucking choke slams him again. And then he says, do it again. And he's getting Undertaker's getting Undertaker's pissed. pissed now. He's just like, you know what? Like, this Farouk's is kind of a piece of shit, but like, he doesn't deserve this. Like, this is going too far. Like, I proved my point. Mm-hmm. He's gotten his ass I kicked. I won the title. I like, I kept he's my done. title. His nation's done. Like, you know, I, he's done. He's mm-hmm. finished. No, choke slam him again. Four fucking times he choke slams. And so, who comes to the ring to interfere? At first, like... Why is Thonginator here? Thonginator lost in the opening match. Yes, he And now did. he's here. And Why? now he's here. He's running to the ring and he's trying to talk some sense into Undertaker like look like why are you teaming up with this motherfucker like piece of dog shit why like you don't have to listen to him and he's like no it's it's more complicated than that and you're better than this Undertaker but like and that's the thing like he's trying to eat reason with him you're better than this what are you doing with this guy why are you bothering what does he have over you yeah just tell us, man, and then you could be free. Yeah. Right? He's not having it. So Undertaker takes a fucking swing. Just like he did this past Monday Night Raw, he picked up Ahmed Johnson and choke slammed him. Mm-hmm. And Ahmed Johnson hadn't gotten his payback for that yet. Mm. So he's out here making an issue with The Undertaker. Remember on an earlier episode, we had that face-to-face with The Undertaker and Ahmed Johnson? Their faces were right in the camera, like almost kissing. Yeah. 
right they there were, on like, the camera. They were, like, so close to making out. And they were just standing there face to face, not moving, just staring at each other. Mm-hmm. And here we are, literally fucking months and months later. It comes back around. Long-term storytelling. Mm-hmm. Ahmed comes in, ducks the fucking right hand, kicks, hooks the arms, Pearl River plunge. The PRP and no one, two, three, because this is post-match. Mm-hmm. He PRPs The Undertaker. Thonginator PRPs the world champion. Which, and then it's like, are you on nation fuckers side on this i don't know like why yeah obviously he wouldn't join with the nation because imagine how long has this feud gone on on for so long they've had a fucking blood feud for almost a year yeah. I think Ahmed's going to let everyone know on Monday why he did what he did. Explain it all and show you exactly I, why. I he hope did. so. And I hope it makes sense because, and like, that it's literally just he doesn't want Undertaker to be involved with this piece of shit. Like, yeah. honestly, this guy is terrible. Why is he even here? Yep. But he wants to get his point across like, you're better than this. Mm-hmm. But then, fair play, Undertaker took a swing at him. Yeah. So he has to defend himself. And what did yeah. he do? He gave him his fucking finish. Do you think, though, that that would set up maybe next month's world title pay-per-view match between The Undertaker Whoa. and Ahmed Johnson for the World Wrestling Federation title? And maybe crown Thonginator, and maybe crown the first ever African American Thonginator world champion. Bro, you gotta let me process this shit. <laughs> See how, like in Tree Hill, something happens, but then something happens in the fallout of that big happening. So, like you know, uh, Dan or uh, Keith had sex with Deb. Okay, that happened. That's crazy. But we forgot about the fallout of Karen finding out that that is true and that happened. Mm -hmm. You don't think about the fallout from certain characters as much. Mm -hmm. And One Tree Hill does a really good job of doing that in their show. But with this, think about it, dude. The end of a title match, who's interfering and destroying The Undertaker with his finishing move? Ahmed Johnson. Doesn't that put him in line for the next world title match? How did Mankind earn a world title match against The Undertaker? He had a count out at WrestleMania in a tag match. (laughs) (laughs) So if Ahmed could literally take out The Undertaker with his finishing move, wouldn't that warrant him a world title match? Yeah. At the next pay-per-view. Fuck. At the Canadian Stampede. I need a moment. The In Your Haste (laughs) pay-per-view. July 6th, Calgary, Alberta, World Championship, the Thonginator against the Dead Man. I need a moment. This is a lot. Process, dude. (laughs) Ow. Process, dude. My brain. Undertaker versus Ahmed. Oh, boy. Mm. Oh, (laughs) boy. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Guess we'll see. I'd be okay with that. You'd be okay with Ahmed being the Undertaker for the world title. Yeah. Wow. 
It's Thonginator. I, I saw his whole ass, okay? <laughs> <laughs> what if he saw Undertaker's ass? It's probably a it's big ass, probably. He's a big guy. He's a big guy, but that doesn't necessarily mean fair big enough. ass. Yeah, fair I'm enough. a short bitch. You see my ass. I like your ass. It's a big ass. I like it. Do you think you have a donk donk like the Undertaker? It's bigger than that. Bigger than the under dude. He's six foot ten. Yeah, but height doesn't necessarily mean big ass or width on the ass. Yeah, fair enough. But guess we'll have to do a comparison one day. How? <laughs> I don't know. We'll call up Mark Calloway myself and just like, hey, Undertaker, can you show me a picture of your ass? I want to compare it with my wife, and then he'll just tweet it right back to me. Fair enough. That'd be weird. That's how you do it? Yeah. <laughs> okay well what did you think of this pay-per-view this in your uh was so next week next month is in your haste in your haste but this is king of the ring 97 how's your grading uh king of the ring was a little played up based on like how i felt about it like the actual tournament yeah yeah it just wasn't like phenomenal it, to me yeah it's okay the best part was definitely Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels. Yep. Okay. That was and the whole you know BP Boston Pizza getting flushed in the toilet. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. So I'll probably give it a three point seven. Three point seven is pretty good. Not bad. Above average pay per view. Yeah. I mean, some good tapes. It it could have been. Like, if it wasn't so much the King of the Ring stuff, because that just felt very, like, long. Yeah. Yeah, it was only, like, three matches. And then that, I, I like Chicken McNugget, but yeah. that match was Boring very unnecessary. Spot. Yeah, they didn't need to have that match. If they had done something else in there that was more, like, you know, exciting... Who's your most? So, who's your most valuable player? Who's your MVP Stone Cold. of this show again? Stone Cold. He flushed Boston <laughs> Pizza in the toilet. Yes, he did. That was great. As you should flush Boston Pizza down the toilet. <laughs> if you ever go there, make sure you take their meal that they gave you, that you probably paid thirty seven dollars for for nachos, and just flush it down the toilet where it belongs. Last time I went to Boston Pizza, I think was my nineteenth birthday. Really. Yeah. Uh, I think I was oh, maybe like, I want to say maybe 23 or 24, maybe last time I went mm-hmm. to Boston Pizza. Maybe. Oh, no, no, no. I no. went with Deanna once since. When? I It's been since before or after my 19th birthday because we got drinkies. I, but the reason we went to Boston Pizza was because it was a place where it had okay food. Cause it was better at that time. Right. And because a lot of people that were coming to my birthday were still underage. Right. Like my cousin and stuff. Um, but I could still get drinkies. Right. Specifically Bellinis. Nice. I like Bellinis. I know you do. Very you're, much. you're a girl when it comes to drinking. I love Bellinis and I definitely am for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Boston. Oh yeah. Boston pizza. I, uh, me and Ash, Ash Pearson from Three Inches of Blood and Revocation. Yeah, he hit me up in my DMs after the last time we saw him. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Not in a weird way. He was just like, hey, it was nice seeing you. And I was like, you're, what? Hi. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Ash is a good dude. He's the best. <laughs> He's really him. sweet. I love him to death. I love that every time he sees me, he gives me a giant hug. I'm like, I've seen you like a few times. I like four or five times. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a handful of times. Yeah. yeah. He is the best. We are member one and two from the Ash Pearson fan club. <laughs> For sure. Um, but we ate at a Boston pizza just outside Golden. Mm. That was the last time I ate there. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. 2016. It's so that was seven years ago was the last time I went to Boston pizza. Been a while. But this Boston pizza got flushed down the toilet and it's about time that we flush this podcast episode down the toilet and end it and let it go down to the commode just like Brian Pillman's head. I am Sean Harris. And I am Aaron Kosker. We are the only podcast in the history of the universe to amalgamate One Tree Hill and World Wrestling Federtainment. And you can find us on at treehillwf.podcast on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and also stream us, enjoy us, like, subscribe us on what streaming services? What stream services? Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. All the podcasts for all the people. Those are the key for, those are the ones I give a shit about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so next episode, we're going to find out the fallout from fucking Ahmed PRPing The Undertaker. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to see what happens with Nathan and Haley on the next episode. Oh my goodness. Looks like we're in for a roller coaster ride for the rest of both these seasons mm-hmm. and years. Man, mm-hmm. I have so much fun with this. Yeah, it's uh this next episode. It feels like the last bunch of episodes like this next episode is so great and I'm just like it can't be as great as the last one and then I watch it and I'm just like whoa, dude. I don't think anything's going to top like the one we just watched, like the one we just talked about for a while. Nah. Think so? Is there going to be some better stuff? I mean, this one's not quite. Um, but coming up, there is an episode that you're going to be like, "What the fuck?" Yes. Okay, I'm ready for it. So ready for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't wait, man. There's going to be a few things that are going to come up, and you're just going to be like, Can Felix and Anna just fuck off already?" I'm so glad they're getting close to Anna's gone, hopefully. And Felix has like smaller bit parts now as Brooke's boyfriend. Like he's not as prevalent as he was before in this episode. Mm -hmm. He only has like a few scenes and the the focus is not on him. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. So it's great. So I love it. So let's not focus on Felix and Anna anymore. Let's focus on Haley and Nathan here, our Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast. And I bid you. A tree hill, a dew. And I say bye, bitch. Fate is an elegant, cold-hearted whore. She loves salting my wounds. Yes, she enjoys nothing more. I bleed confidence from deep within my guts now. I'm the king of this pity party with my jewel-encrusted crew. Tear apart your room to see if what you say is true. Darling, don't you lie, lie to me. I wanna break into your heart to see why you want us apart. Oh, I'm scared to death to find out what.
don't quit, that's a blatant lie.